military spouses have the highest unemployment rate in the country. I don't know if people know that, but it's almost 30%. And that that's spouses who are willing and trying to find work. And what that does is it impacts our military families as a whole. Um, we're not financially stable because of it. And then we are not mentally stable because of it. And then we beg our spouses, the active duty service member, to get out of the military, which impacts our military readiness. This is episode 130 with Moni Jefferson and Flossie Hall. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-host, Gold Star Wife, author and speaker, Barbara Allen, and we have another awesome show for you today, and we're going to get right into it. Uh, Flossie Hall built and sold a multi-million dollar company. Moni Jefferson built and runs her own massively successful company. And each of those achievements is noteworthy, but what, what makes these even more so is that both women created their success while married to active duty members of the military. And having navigated the gauntlet of deployments, regular moves, and all the other uncertainty and challenges attached to life in the military, Flossie and Moni know firsthand how difficult it is to maintain a career in that life, let alone build massive success. So when the two of them connected, it became their combined mission to help other military spouses avail themselves of all the opportunities available in the country that they and their families give so much to serve. Together, the two powerhouses created and launched the Association of Military Spouse Entrepreneurs, AMSE. And on this episode of American Snippets, they share their insight in achieving the American dream while helping others do the same. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Flossie Hall and Moni Jefferson. You're listening to the American Snippets podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen, here today with not one, but two dynamic women who I am thrilled to have an opportunity to sit down with. You all know um, I, once upon a time, was a military spouse. I am no longer a military spouse per se. I have sadly moved over into the Gold Star community, but um, that is another story. But the point is, I do have Great memories and recollection and great respect for those people who are currently in the military spouse community. It is not an easy place to be. It is often an under-recognized community to be a part of, although now I'm excited to see it is on the upswing, largely in part to women like these two. As a quick background, that being a military spouse comes with all sorts of challenges in addition to just maintaining a marriage, which is a, a project in itself. You're often moving from here to there. You're transporting children, starting new lives, losing your friends, your support networks. It's almost impossible to have any kind of meaningful career in the traditional sense. And certainly that was the way back in my day when I was it. And so to see women coming together to say, hey, look, Here's a problem. I am going to address it instead of sitting around complaining about it, which is also very easy to do, is really, really cool. And Moni Jefferson and Flossie Hall are two women who are active duty military spouses. Hats off to you and to your spouses for, for their service as well. And they saw this problem. They dealt with it. They felt the, the 
challenges of that situation and then said, you know what, I'm going to change it. And then they did something else, which many women often have a hard time doing. They found a woman to work with and together with and lift up and defied all these stereotypes about women being catty and competitive and showed the great things that can happen when women come together and work to support each other. Their new organization, Association of Military Spouse Entrepreneurs, is just taking off and set to do great, great things. We're going to sit down Hear a little bit of the backstory on both of them, how they came together, what the organization doing, how you can get involved and why it matters for everybody, not just military spouses, but the ripple effect it has throughout the entire country. Thanks for sitting with me through that long intro, but it's always good to give a little background and let everybody know, you know, what's in store for them. How are you girls doing today? Good. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're super pumped to be here. We are very excited to have you here. And we got to uh, connect with you via somebody else that we admire, Charlinda, who is amazing, right? That's a, that's the exact <laughs> face to make I when you say I know. <laughs> I know. Yes, yes. That's the only appropriate response to the two words, Charlinda Scales, because she mm -hmm. is amazing. So let's start, as promised, we'll start with you, Flossie, and get a little bit of your background because both of you have very impressive professional backgrounds before you even came together to build this insanely awesome thing you have going on here. Tell us about where yeah. you are now, Flossie. Yeah. So, um, I, like you said, my husband's in the Navy. He's been in the Navy about 18 years and, uh, we had this crazy nomadic lifestyle. You know, you get dragged all over the country. You got to take care of the kids. You got to move from house to house. You don't get the choice of where you live and what you do and when. And I was in school full time and I had this dream of becoming a doctor and was going to school for 10 years and transferring from state to state and school to school and, um, you know, just sucking it up every time going, I'm just going to keep going until I get there. And um, as a military spouse, people don't understand how hard it is to actually even complete a degree sometimes yep. <laughs> because of your, your lifestyle, let alone complete that degree and then get a job in the field you have a degree in. Um, so I finally um, graduated and applied to medical school. My husband was getting deployed again. And uh, I just realized with four kids at home, there's no possible way I was going to go to medical school anytime <laughs> soon um, after 10 years. So I uh, actually started a meal prepping business out of my house in San Diego uh, about six years ago now. And it was completely accidental. Um, I had never taken a business class in my life and uh, I needed income. It was something I'd already been doing for myself and some friends and it exploded into um, a really big business. I took it commercial after a few months of doing it out of base housing and it became a multi-million dollar business. Um, so you say, I'm going to stop you right there for a second because you're just like, oh, it, oh, I did this and I did that. I did that. But there's no like, you don't just like, oh, I took a commercial. Like you say that with like your great hair and your big smile. Like it was no big problem, right? Like, oh, I just took a, but that's a step that a lot of people just hit a wall and don't get past. So that, and then exploding. Oh, and then it exploded. Like you're very humble about all that. And you, you know, you downplay it, which is cool and great to see. But on the other hand, props to you because that's no small accomplishment. And can can I just stop you for, for a second and break that down for just a little bit? So I, I get that you were doing that for yourself and for your friends and did it on base. What was that leap? Like, I'm going to take this from my friends and my base and go commercial. Well, I, honestly, I just, I'm, I'm a big thinker. 
Um, anybody who knows me knows that I don't, I don't think small. And when I do things, I see these things in a really, really large way. And I don't go, oh, I'm just going to make a few meals for friends. If I start doing something, I go, I'm going to make this. So it's going to be in every grocery store in the country. And that's exactly what I said when I was at home and people thought I was nuts. Um, but that's still my thinking today. And I don't know why that's my train of thought, but I'm, I'm just a world dominator that way, I guess. So, um, <laughs> And I just happened to be really lucky that there was a gap in the market. I had a product that people loved and the demand for it, um, I couldn't keep up with it. So I had a problem that entrepreneurs don't really have was that I couldn't sell my product fast enough. I couldn't make it fast enough. Right. Um, I couldn't hire enough people. I couldn't buy enough food. Um, I couldn't keep up with the growth. So even though I never took a business class, uh, I failed every way possible. I did everything wrong. Uh, you name it. <laughs> I had, I'd never even stepped foot in a commercial cooking kitchen until the day I literally rented one. I walked in and was like, oh, this is great. I had to learn how to use commercial cooking equipment, which is big and scary. And I have scars all over my body <laughs> <laughs> from burns. Um, huh. But I don't have a fear of failure. Um, you have to be able to just take the leap and jump and learn and learn from your mistakes. And I knew what I was doing was great. And I knew that people wanted what I was doing. And I just kept going every single day, even though I was getting my butt kicked. Um, and I just grew and grew and grew. And uh, I know that I, I downplay it because it's kind of weird bragging about yourself. And I know it was really great things, but I definitely failed a lot during that whole entire process. How was that with your four kids? Like, did you bring, I have four kids and, you know, I did a lot of that all on my own. So I, you know, you just instantly connect. Like I used to make calls like from the closet when my kids were having a snack or something, you know? I mean, so I know, and I think moms know what that's like, right? To have young children and trying to be like a person on top of that and a person making money. How did you do that with, I'm sure they had school, preschool, daycare, babysitters, you know, plus they're lethal in a kitchen, let alone a commercial <laughs> cooking kitchen. How did you do that? Well, I mean, I got really lucky. My oldest at the time was 16. So he was actually my very first employee, um, him and his girlfriend, and they were my last employees uh, at the end. So it was really great. Um, but they helped me out a lot. And then I had a, at the time, 14 year old, a five year old and a seven year old. So they were a little bit bigger. So I didn't have little tiny ones Perfect. running around. Yeah. Um, but I have an amazing husband who was at home with the kids working. And honestly, the meal prepping industry runs on the weekends. So my schedule was Thursday through Sunday. And uh, I had an office that I worked out of on Thursdays and Fridays. And then Saturdays and Sundays, you know, I, my husband was home. So except for deployments, which then I had babysitters. So it was actually a really great thing for a long time, because our, our schedules were kind of opposite. So it worked out really well, but I definitely had kids in the office and um, all my staff members who were also military spouses had kids in the office on iPads and kids on <laughs> delivery routes. And um, we had teenagers on staff all the time, all hands on deck. And uh, it was definitely, um, it was a, it was a great environment, but you got to 
make it work in this community. And that's why I became my own boss was because I couldn't get hired by anybody because of my schedule. So I had to do something where when I had meetings, my kids were in my meetings with me. And if people didn't like it, they didn't have to do work with me. Yep. I I hear all of that. And then (laughs) so you sold your company? Yeah. So the first company, I actually had an offer to purchase the company, my husband, PCS, or was, you know, had orders to to take another duty station, of yeah. course, because military life doesn't tell you where you can live. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I had an offer to sell my company. So I packed up, moved, and uh, the offer fell through. So amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you live, you learn all these yes. great things and yeah. you learn them the hard way. So I still own my company 110%. Um, I've had some offers since then. Uh, everyone asked, why don't you just reopen it? Um, but my heart is not in mass food production anymore. Yeah, uh, I learned a lot of great things from my first company. I did a lot of great things, but I was a slave to that company 18 hours a day, seven days mm-hmm. a week. And um, at, my heart's just not in it. When your heart's not in it anymore, then um, you should be go. doing what you're yeah. doing. No matter how much money that you make, uh, it's just not worth it. So um, I'm just now getting back out of the PTSD of it. And uh <laughs> building some other options to make sure that I continue its legacy in other ways. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Moni, let's swing over to you. I Tell don't know. A- I, I don't think I can follow up on that. Oh, stop, stop. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> I've seen Maybe. what you do. I've seen what I you're know, doing. Right? So let's She's start. I'm, the, I'm an accidental, you know, success. Like, oh, that sucks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so come on, let's hear it. I know. It's cool. Okay. It's it's unique what you're doing. I was like, oh, you shut up. She made it's like this huge success out of that. Who th- who knew? But now I do. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years. Yeah. And I have a degree in PR and pu- uh, public relations and communications that I never really like quite used. Everywhere I went, I just started these groups and I ran all these social media, Facebook pages to try to connect people. Um, and my husband deployed in... 2014 and I wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was. I got tired of like being a stay at home mom. And so I started writing. I started a blog called dog tags and heels and, um, it went okay. I made some money. I worked for like a couple of the military housing and wrote blogs for them and everything. And then, um, I just wasn't fulfilled. So Roy, Roy came back. I was like, man, I'm not really happy with this. Like, I like the way it's going, but I'm not really happy doing it. So writing just was not my thing. It wasn't something that made me happy. So um, we got up and moved at that time and moved to Maryland. And I started looking for work because I realized that Tiberius, which is my youngest, I have three kids, he was going to be starting school. And so like, well, who am I going to stay at home with? Like, (laughs) there's not going to be anybody here. I'm going to be a stay at home mom when people are going all day. So I hit the, hit the road. I started applying for jobs for NPR and communications. And I was getting some great callbacks and second and third interviews. But every single time, it's like the question is asked, especially in a place where like nobody moves. Like, so what brought you to Southern Maryland? It's not the beaches. It's not the city life. I mean, they knew. It's almost like they knew you were a military spouse. Um, And so I feel like a lot of opportunities were missed because instead of embracing it and maybe creating a position for me with 
the many skills that I had, they, you know, would say it's not a good fit or we can't invest in you at the time. Um, and so I just started, I just started my own business at the time. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I literally was like, I'm going to start a business and I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something for me. So I started a PR and social media agency called Dog Tags and Heels and started managing social media for the local networking groups that I was going to the local businesses and quickly turned that into practicing traditional PR. Um, simultaneously, what happened was I noticed a lot of everything I was doing was virtual, a lot of support, community resources. So I started finding all of these entrepreneur Facebook groups, mm -hmm. but nobody really understood my unique journey as an entrepreneur because I was moving every three yeah. years and I would have to start over or get creative on how to market myself online and things like that. So these groups were very tight knit and these people have been in business in their city for years. And then I was in these other groups for military spouses and they were support and encouraging and motivating. And I said, well, there's something missing here and I need it. And if I, I know if I need it, there are other spouses who need it too. So I started the mill spouse creative and entrepreneurs. I think it's five years, four years, four or five years, um, this past, well, this month. And I started it as a need for myself um, to have a safe place to ask questions from other spouses that are experiencing um, and going through the same entrepreneur struggles I was. And it has grown into a very thriving, amazing community now that is global. So I'm super proud of that. Um, yeah. I know. And I feel like after the entrepreneur bubble was busted, I was like, I'm going to do as many entrepreneur things I can. Um, and I accidentally created some apps. Um, That's found, the word I love. I accidentally created like, apps. It was so. really an accident. I <laughs> literally woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, why don't we have any apps for military families just to just go on there and have some lifestyle things that are very unique and speak to us. And um, the next day I started on Facebook, who knows how to develop apps. I started some research. I apparently, I do not code. So I had to hire somebody. So there was a lot of research that had to be done. So I created um, the Milcam app, um, Milemoji, and then I co-created another app called My Ultimate PCS with Maria Reed. So, so yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> I feel like at some point it was like, I had almost nothing, you know, other, I did do a couple of MLMs and it was great for when I moved, but then having this was like, I was just like, no holds bar. I'm doing it all. We can do this. And um, so yeah, the apps are, have been successful. We raised some capital for the apps. Um, and our, my ultimate PCS is in 5,000 hands of military families, not to include the Android version, which is coming out sometime this month. That is so cool. I love both of those stories for the, you know, just the, I don't know what the word, the determination it shows, right? It can be very hard to be in a situation and trapped. I remember uh, my kids were teeny tiny. They were like toddlers still, you know, or I'd be pregnant with one. And my husband was away for months training up here or there. And I was like, well, you know, I got to, make some money. I couldn't work. I remember taking my son into meetings with all these men, putting him on the table in the car seat, having him 
puke and crap all over the place on the table in front of all these dudes. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I, I, this is what I got, you know, and you just go home and you cry. Like you're, <laughs> you can't cry there. Right. But you just go home and you cry. You're like, I can't work. How am I going to do this? Nobody understands what it's like to go through. I wound up in real estate for that same reason, but you guys were like, I'm not even going to just go into like real estate and work for someone else. Like, I'm just going to create this whole new space that's like your own arena. And on top of raising kids, which is a freaking hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to do that. It's so hard. So <laughs> yes, yes. And Moni, I was looking at some of your things earlier, like both of you, and you said something that I think really dialed in. And you said it again, sort of here too, when you were talking about um, the project that you're doing now, which we're going to get to in a second, you said, I wish I'd had this five years ago when you were starting. And I think that is so cool and so prevalent in your in the mindset of people who do such impactful things. Like you, you guys have both succeeded. You've made it. I know you're you're going further. You know you, you haven't plateaued, right? But you could easily sit back and be like, "All right, well, I came up the hard way. I figured it out on my own." But everybody else can figure it out on their own too. Like I did it. You know why can't they? But instead, the two of you came together and tell. First, talk about how you came together. How did you connect? And then the project you're working on now, the, the, the movement really that you've launched, which is going to literally help people change the trajectory of their lives and their families' lives all over the world, really. I do have to mention, too, that Moni completely breezed over the fact that her PR company, she has national clients. Like a huge global national clients, by the way, now. And she likes to downplay herself too. And that's how I found Moni yeah. is on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so she's yeah. this vibrant, amazing, fiery Latina with so much spunk and energy. And I got invited to the Millspouse Creative Facebook group for entrepreneurs. And I, um, I started my business. I didn't have anybody to help me. And I was like Googling and, you know, everything was on Google and Yahoo and YouTube and, you know, everything. And I was like, I didn't know there was this military community in this entrepreneur community. And I found this group and I was like, these are my people. Oh my gosh, I have people. And I didn't realize it was a thing. And then I saw Moni and I was like, who is this woman. And I was like, I have to know her. I was like, I love her. And I could just (laughs) see her work ethic and her grit. And I was like, I have to work with you. I was like, I don't know what we're going to do together, but I am going to work with you somehow, some way, because it is very rare in the entrepreneurial world. CEOs are very visionary and, you know, um, they, they dream a lot. And then they often have COOs behind them that are the, the worker bees. But I could see like Moni had both. And I was like, she has all these great ideas, but she's like a workhorse and a hustler. And like, she's passionate and she's so heartfelt. And I was like, I just got to be with her. I was like, I don't know. And I like messaged her and I was working for another organization. And I was like, I'm going to create a position. I don't know how, but I have to have you come work with me. And she accepted and uh, worked with me at that organization for a few months, almost a year. And during that time, um, we got to know each other, became really close. And the idea for AMC came about. So 
Um, I'm just grateful that she let me stalk her a little bit. online. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one of two things is going to happen. Yeah. You're either going to work together or there's going to be a restraining order like that. And as long as you're prepared for either option, I think it's good. So obviously there was no restraining order, Moni. That's awesome. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're so sweet girl. You made my whole day, girl. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So Association of Military Spouse Entrepreneurs. Let's hear it. Let's do it. So you want to talk about it? Okay. So <laughs> um, Moni has, uh, you know, she's built this amazing group, the Mill Spouse Creative, and it's an online Facebook group. And like you said, we both are entrepreneurs. We've both built businesses. We both did it the hard way. Um, and we're both working remote. We're both working virtually. And we see that there's a lot going on right now with um, military spouse entrepreneurship, military spouse remote work. And the, the narrative is getting louder for military spouses. Yes. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to be a voice for the community. And we were both doing so much work with these big organizations um, on the government level and the corporate level. But then we were also in the weeds with all of the spouses teaching the classes and mentoring and doing one-on-ones. And um, constantly the spouses were like, how do we get the jobs from the companies? And how do we get to the corporate things? And then the corporations and the companies were like, how do we get to the spouses? And they kept coming to me and moaning for these things. And we were these conduits back and forth. And um, we just came together and we said, how do we put this together so that we can get all of these resources and these companies and these great things to the spouses and we can put all the spouses in one location and ask them, what do you need? And then get that information to the entities that are building these programs and these resources. Cause we're just the little guys, right? So the association of military spouse entrepreneurs was born. Um, we wanted an online membership where spouses could come together and not be, Hey, we have this program for veterans and dot, dot, dot and spouses. <laughs> and right, we're like, yeah. we, we love, veterans. They're great, but they're working on their second career while spouses are working on their first career and living the active duty lifestyle. And it's just not often a safe space where spouses feel like they can talk about what's going on in their lives. Um, So we wanted a space just for us. And that's kind of how this was born. And then it expanded a little bit. So it started with the idea of, of a membership. And then with my PR agents, my PR agency, I was getting a lot of requests to work with spouses in certain regions and a certain, um, di- you know, what they wrote about different blogs and photographers and things like that. And I would go into the mill spouse creative and say, Hey, I have a client looking for X, Y, and Z who's interested. This is a paid position, or this is a sponsored opportunity. And so what I decided to do was, oh my gosh, can you get this? Sorry. What I decided to do, what I decided to do was finally, I was telling Flossie, I was like, we can do something with this. We know the spouses. We have all of these, this goodness, all these numbers. This is a great way to really work with spouses that, um, that are going to be able to work on campaigns that get into the grassroots level. So instead of working on with spouses or other people that have large numbers, maybe work with spouses that have more of a niche. So to make more of an impact with the product or service. So we started to run campaigns with other brands and organizations. And then uh, what we quickly found was getting on the phone with them and talking with them is they didn't know how to market to them. 
So they were like, oh yeah, we want to get this product in spouse's hands. And we have a conversation with like this entire marketing strategy is not how you're going to reach our community. Like, just so you know, <laughs> this is not going to work. So Flossie and I added the military media impact specifically to help open their eyes and maybe educate, also support them and helping them really get their brand into the, to the niche community where they can build trust. So if Flossie says something about a product, I'm going to go buy it versus the ad I saw on Facebook. Doesn't right. matter how good this ad is, you know, and you'll be surprised so many times in our Facebook groups, not just the Mill Spouse Creative, but others, somebody will come in and say, Hey, I'm thinking of buying the Roomba. Are there yep. any spouses in here who have it? Pros and cons. If there are any spouses that hate it, they are not buying that Roomba because we trust each other, right? right? We understand our lifestyles, the uniqueness of it, our budgets, and it's it's just what? such a very niche community. So our company runs kind of full circle. So <laughs> we have the campaigns and the the strategy and we have the membership. So we didn't want to just say, hey, spouse, we have this campaign for you and it pays this much or whatever, and then see you later. We really want the spouses to thrive. So in the membership, they have resources that have that we trust, that we've worked with. Um, they have master classes so they can come in and learn how to write immediate kit or learn about budgeting for their business or how to file their taxes as a military spouse. Then we follow it up with co-working spaces where we can all get together and have conversations and keep each other accountable because it's very inundating and you can take hundreds of master classes, but what they don't have is that more, a deeper connection. And so that's what we're doing with the, the membership. What are some of the, um, or are there any um, kind of common or popular businesses or business tracks that you're seeing your community go into? We actually just released, um, we just launched the membership in early November. And a big part of what we do is, like we said, I said earlier, advocacy. So um, all of our spouses who join, they fill out a little profile on who they are, what they're doing, what type of business they have, um, how much revenue are they making, do they have kids. And we just uh, issued an impact report last week to give everyone statistics on the hundreds of spouses we already have. So we can know those things. So these programs that are being built, we can say, hey, you're missing the mark because military spouses aren't your traditional entrepreneur. They are creatives and freelancers. They're marketers and they're doing social media and they're photographers and they're web designers. Um, they're working remotely and they mostly have three kids and this is the income mm -hmm. that they're bringing in. So when you're building resources, they need help on you know, should they be an LLC or a sole proprietorship? What kind of insurance should they have? Um, they need automation software. Um, so we're definitely, we just released that last week and we're hoping that um, a lot of that information will open the eyes of a lot of people, which there are amazing military spouses that have like huge manufacturing companies and yeah. huge, you know what I mean? There are amazing, but traditionally, most of the spouses that we're seeing are freelancers and they're creatives and they're in the space where they can work from a laptop on their own around their, their kids and their spouse's schedules. Um, so like Moni said, these opportunities that we have, we're hiring them to do blogging and writing and um, social media posts and photography and things like that. But um, we found that they're mostly in the creative space, which is amazing. 
Yeah. Very cool. What is the pros? If I'm listening to this and I'm not in the military community, why should I care about this? Well, because it was amazing, a loaded question. I know, I know, but I'm asking, like, I'm, I'm not like, asking as me or you. Why we think this is important. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking because, you know, there's a lot of people who are not in the military community. And this is a question that they would ask me, why should I listen to this podcast? Why should I care about this? I know the answer, but I want to hear well, it from, from military, you guys. Military spouses have the highest unemployment rate in the country. I don't know if people know that, but it's almost 30%. And that that's spouses who are willing and trying to find work. And what that does is it impacts our military families as a whole. Um, we're not financially stable because of it. And then we are not mentally stable because of it. And then we beg our spouses, the active duty service member to get out of the military, which impacts our military readiness. So when our military spouses have a career that they love and that they feel passionate about, they're better mothers, they're better spouses, they're better people, and they're not worried about, hey, I'm going to call my spouse who's in Kuwait at two o'clock in the morning and cry because they're miserable and they're going to beg them to get out of the military. They're going to say, go, babe, I'll see you when you get home because I'm living my life and you're living your life. I'm not just chasing you around while you live your life with your career. Um, it, it literally affects our nation and our whole military readiness because then our service members can focus on doing their job because their spouse at home is happy and healthy and doing well. Their finances are good. Their children are good. Um, it, it has a ripple effect really, really far and wide. And I want to, if I can add to that, I also feel like a lot of, a lot of misconceptions about the skills and the talents that military spouses carry. We are, Military spouses are not only resilient, but they can make anything work. And most spouses have had so many different career avenues. They're able to do multiple things. They have so many different skills. They're able to lay on top of each other and really help organization. They they acclimate to things very well. Um, they're flexible. They're you know resilient. Um, they're willing to learn new skills. Um, and they're willing to do it no matter where they're at. So I feel like a lot of times, you know, when you look at that resume or the organization and you're like, well, there's so many different gaps and uh, why were you, why did you work at the grocery store and then you were retail and then you worked at a bank? Well, mm -hmm. that's the only thing I could get at the time. And so now I have a great skill set. I can sell things. <laughs> I can count money. <laughs> you know, There's just so many different skill sets. I think that spouses have where some some people just go to school for one thing or work on one thing and spouses are able to do multiple things. So I really like to point that out that our spouses are really, and a lot of spouses have degrees. They have degrees that are just sitting dormant because they can't practice it. Like that, that's what happened to me. I couldn't practice my PR and communications degree because nobody would give me the time of day because I didn't have experience, you know, but I had the passion, the drive and the know-how. So I, I really like to point that out because our spouses are, the power of the male spouse is a real thing. That's what I mean. It is, it is. And it's not just women, I will say, right? Women are not the only spouses. There's <laughs> men who are military spouses too. And I think if there's one underrepresented society in military spouses, the male military spouse is another um, subset of that, you know, who rarely <laughs> gets, but I like, I saw on your on your page and your information, you make it a point to point out that yes, whoever, as long as they're a spouse, we're not, you know, we're not catering exclusively to 
women or wives, you know, this is for husband, men, anybody who's a military spouse, uh, you know, is eligible for this. And do you have many men in the group yet or working with you yet? I think we have one that's a member. And then in the mill spouse creative, we have four or five males. And you're absolutely right. And because my background is public relations, I make it very, I make it a, a point to make sure that that's included in our branding and our messaging and also um, any kind of, and diversity as well. That's important to us too. So that's what we try to do with AMC. But yeah, we have one. So if you're a male spouse, we want to come on over. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention to those because, you know, I do... I'm heavily in that community as well. And I can, I'm happy to pass on some resources to you all that we have thoroughly vetted and worked with to, uh, you know, for your own network. But yeah. And so I, I pay attention to the nuances and the phrasing, and I don't remember seeing any other uh, military spouse geared effort or organization that makes it a point to point out that we're not just, you know, for the women too. So I did notice that. So hats off. It's almost, it's almost like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> like you have experience doing that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's good. And we're stuff. very careful about that. And we, and that's part of what we tell companies too, that we, yeah, yeah. You, you can't exclude, even when they get up and they say, oh, well, you know, your husband, and they use the word husband instead of service member. And we're like, you have to change your vocabulary because it is not your husband. We have a lot of female veteran, you know, female service members yeah. that have, you know, it's just, you have to change your whole way of thinking about things yeah. and they have to start with their vocabulary <laughs> to yeah. change their mindset. Yeah, yeah. They could literally just put the word spouse in like, Easy peasy, mm -hmm. done. That's the conversation. Service member. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the conversations we're having with those that we're creating strategies with. Like you mm -hmm. can't say she or her or girls. Like you can't do that because not all spouses are, are women and you have to be open to that. So it's a mind shift and it's a cultural mind shift because it's, you know, it's something that we're, we're getting better. Everybody's getting better at it. Yeah. So the more we can bring it to the forefront and awareness the easier it is for companies to recognize it and implement it. So or where do you branding okay. too? Yeah. Even the branding, like if it's a spouse program, it doesn't need to be pink. Like. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's for spouses. Why is it pink? Like, you know, you're once again, you're segregating us, you know, it's like be inclusive and open it and make everybody feel like they're welcome. Then they can be a part of it. Right. Because as a spouse, there are so many other things that make us feel excluded and alone. So that's something we really think about. Perfect. So if you're going to look ahead five years, where do you guys see yourselves? I'm going to let the, this one take that. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say world domination. If you had asked me five years ago, if I would be where I'm at today. I would have never in my, my wildest dreams, but, um, I guess we just, we both always strive to be better. We're both still running our own companies um, as well on the side, um, on the side. <laughs> we both have our own side hustle. We both yeah. have AMC too. Yeah. Um, and we just, we want AMC to be a place where military spouses can come and get all of the resources that they need. If they want to start a business, if 
um, if they're already in their business and they need help or support and they want to lean on each other. We just want it to be the go-to place. And we want organizations and companies that are doing great things for military spouses and entrepreneurs to partner and collaborate and not reinvent the wheel. And we're not looking to, um, you know, step on anybody's toes or build those programs or, you know, do those things. We're looking to just be the voice for our community and help them uh, mold and shape that. So we're hoping that we can be that really, really loud voice in the in the room just saying, hey, entrepreneurship's an option. Um, we don't think that you should keep ramming jobs down our throats because it doesn't always fit. There's a reason the unemployment rate is so high um, and that maybe we should start talking about how self-employment and remote work is a little bit of a better fit. And then Let's start making more resources to show spouses how we can help them do that. So five years from now, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just an everyday thing that a spouse knows that she doesn't have to get a job, that she can just do her own thing too. Well, and one of the things that- For his own thing. <laughs> absolutely. One of the things that frustrated me when I started looking for work is the first place I went to was the, the, the base. It's a family, I can't even remember what it is. I think it's the Family Readiness Center. Family Readiness, yeah. And I said, hey, I, I just started a business. I'd really like to find out what resources you have. And they were like, oh, you can write a resume. Um, you can apply for a federal job. I said, I just started a business. <laughs> How can you support me? Are there local networking groups? Are there any 101 cl- Like, what is there? And they had nothing. They want to push take writing a resume and applying for that federal job. So you can take the federal class on how to apply for the federal job and then apply. Right. Um, and so one of my, one of my big visionary goals would be to, for a spouse to be able to walk in and say, I just became an entrepreneur. What resources do you have? And they would say, you know what? That's amazing. Cause AMPSI has resources here every month. Perfect. They do virtual masterclasses here on base. And then you can come and either co-work or you can call in and co-work like that to me would be amazing at every base across the nation. Across the globe. Across, yeah. How cool would that be? It's I mean, a game changer. It's a it game is, changer. And it's also like it gives spouses an option where if you do go up there and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of starting a job. And they're like, that's great. Here's the career. And these are resources. This is the entrepreneur. And these are resources. And we have options for both. So um, it might get the wheels turning and inspire spouses to dream bigger and be goal getters and crush yeah. their biggest visions. Awesome. What do your what do your husbands think of this? <laughs> um, you know, when I told Roy I was gonna start another business. It's like having another kid. Yeah. He was like, Well, how you can find the time? I was like, Well, I'll, you know, Roy is and I think I I could say I think I could speak on behalf of Fossey too. Like our spouses are our biggest, biggest cheerleaders that will be on FaceTime working for a few hours and you hear the men in the back give <laughs> guys saying things, encouraging <laughs> us and you can hear Roy saying Mike and it's just really they are our biggest supporters. I really couldn't do any of this without Roy. He helps me. He's there when being an entrepreneur is a hard thing. It's not easy. There are some really tough days um, and he is there to pick me up um, encourages me to get back up the next day and just have a ba- have your bad day. You know, um, always has ideas. And I'm like, babe, that doesn't work in the entrepreneur. But good idea. (laughs) 
My husband does the same thing. He's always like, why don't you blah, 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 blah. I go, that's not a thing, but I appreciate your love and support and you trying. (laughs) (laughs) There is a, there is a, there is a balance. And I talk about this a lot. There is that, well, why can't you not, not work at this time or not do this time? And it's like, you have to really educate and explain, like, I am everybody in this company or we have volunteers or we have a team member and I have to work extra hours some days and on the weekends to do a little extra. So it's a balancing act, but Roy is my biggest cheerleader. Nice. All right. So here at American Snippets, part of why we started this, and I think maybe you guys will connect with this more as well. You know, as a gold star wife, it started to impact me hearing all the negative talk. Uh, the American dream is dead. This country sucks. You suck. You suck. And I'm like, look, we gave a lot for this country. Why don't you stop complaining and get up and go take advantage of it? Right. And so I let that impact me negatively for a while and that actually got me depressed. And then I was like, no, I'm going to be that voice, you know, and come back and remind people that our ama- this country is made of amazing people. There's more amazing people in this country than not more resilient, resourceful, strong, impactful, caring, kind people in this country than not. And they're going and getting the American dream and they're giving it back to other people along the way. And to me, that's what the American dream is strongly about. And so it's important for us because we know that the American dream is something different to everybody. It doesn't look the same to everybody, which is what we think is so cool about it. So we like to ask our guests, you know, what does that American dream look like for you? What does that mean for you? So for me, I feel like I'm already living it. I grew up a a poor kid with, you know, a single mom on welfare and I became a teenage mom with a GED and here I am with degrees and I've started multiple businesses and I've made impact all over the world to people. And if that's not the American dream, I don't know what is because honestly with hard work and determination and heart, I think you can really do anything. And that's honestly the American dream right there. I didn't have anything given to me ever in my life. So that's it. Wow, that is a whole other story right there. That's like at least two other episodes right there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, Flossie is, she's amazing. You should have her back on again. She has such a a really great story on resilience and overcoming um, some really uh, some really tough stuff. But she's a phenomenal woman. Um, I'm, what is? I feel like I'm living it. I can. I'm free. My kids go to school. I can. There's nothing that I can't do if I don't want to. There's no resource I can't tap into if I don't. Re, you know, if I research it. Um, I feel like I'm living the American dream. I have a house I can buy you know, anywhere I can go, I can travel. So I say, if you work hard, um, you have passion and and driving, you're willing to go through the ebbs and flows and you're positive about where you are and where you stand, that that can be your American dream. Perfect. And if people want to connect with you guys individually and then your organization now, hook us up with all that info. Well, we're both all over social. (laughs) so we're both on instagram and linkedin uh, and facebook so you can find us both individually uh, under flossie hall and moni jefferson and then you can find amc too uh, under the association of military spouse entrepreneurs 
Perfect. Thank you guys both so much, A, for all you do, B, for taking the time to sit down and share your time with us today and your insight. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. That was episode 130. And I'd like to personally thank Moni Jefferson and Flossie Hall for being here, taking some time to share their story with us and our audience. Uh, We appreciate you being here as well and listening in. If you got any value out of this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Let us know what you thought about this episode, how it impacted you. Uh, Share it on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at American Snippets. Also check out our YouTube channel. We publish a lot of um, inspirational content on our YouTube channel as well that we don't necessarily publish here on uh, the audio program. And don't forget to visit us online at americansnippets.com. You can uh, check out the full video interview of this uh, podcast episode. We do a full write-up on our guests and their story. That's the featured article of the week on americansnippets.com. And there we also include some social media links uh, to our guest profiles. So you can follow Moni Jefferson and Flossie Hall on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and don't forget to tag us on Instagram. You can find American Snippets on Instagram at American Snippets, on Facebook at American Snippets. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, at American Snippets as well. We publish a lot of other content there uh, that we don't necessarily publish here on the audio program. Again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week. <laughs>